Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Young Stage Managers. My name is Jack, and we are joined by a very special guest discussing developing Broadway. I'm here with Nicholas George Brown. Hello. 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 I hope everyone is doing well. <laughs> How are you doing today? I am doing well. It is sunny. It is, you know, wonderful being here in New York City when everything's happening. So... <laughs> Everything is happening. My mentor describes it as being on a brief hold, but during the hold, things are still happening. People are still working. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's a lot of paperwork to be done, but you know, it is a good to take a, you know, a wonderful break. It's kind of like a forced vacation, if you will. So, which is really nice because we don't, <laughs> net stage managers get that. So, <laughs> the industry oh saying that we need to take a break. So. <laughs> I, I'm going to think of it that way. The industry said, you need to leave New York City and interact with nature for once, in my case. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that we should start, as any interview starts, with the obligatory, tell me about your career so far. Sure. So I grew up here in New York City, and from a very young age, I, I was able to have exposure to the theater arts world and the performing arts world. And with all of that happening, it just kind of blew my mind about what is this field? What does people do? You know, I, as everyone probably starts off as an actor, then slowly break off into pieces to figure out what they really want to do. And from that point on, I knew that I wanted to be a stage manager. And the stage manager is something that, you know, is exciting, you know, you get to see the behind of the scenes, you get to watch the development process of a show, you really get to do the nitty gritty stuff, and that really just kind of fascinated me. So from that point on, I kind of moved on to that, and you know, I wanted to get more exposure, so I started reaching out to people who my parents knew, to my contacts knew, and to get more exposure to those worlds. And from that point on, I really started like interning for theater companies, even if it was just sitting in a rehearsal room and watching, or even if it was going out to coffee with someone, I just wanted to get that exposure and just learn and see what they had to say. And as time went by through high school, through middle school, through college, you know, stage management was just something I wanted to do. So I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Then when I graduated, I moved right back to the city since that's where I knew that the city was the place that I wanted to be. Um, you know, New York City has Broadway. Uh, Broadway is what I grew up with, so I always thought that was going to be my end goal. It is currently what my passion and dream is to continue working on Broadway or to keep moving forward through the positions to get up to the final steps of becoming a Broadway stage manager. But yeah, I think I'm doing well. I'm very happy with the career I've had and yeah. <laughs> so you and I are, are friends and we, we had a chat and you were talking about resumes and making your resume stand out from the rest. And so um, I took it upon myself to, to add like a cute little animation behind my name, but you did something a little different. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could speak to that. <laughs> yes, so it is a custom tradition at Webster University that uh, we are told that we should add a little button to our resume to make it interesting, to make you stand out from all the other resumes. Because as a stage manager, you're looking at other resumes, you see that they're all sort of, sort of formatted in the same way. They're all basically the same outline, everything. So if you add something there that makes it unique, that's how people are gonna remember you. So at least on my resume, I have that I am a graduate of Starfleet Command, which is wonderful. I'm a huge Star Trek fan when I'm not working. 
And it is a dream to be a Starfleet officer. If stage management wasn't a thing, I would totally be a full-on Trekkie trying to build a Starship Enterprise and the roam the galaxy. <laughs> See, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm putting that I graduated from Harvard. Um, <laughs> I think that's uh, the same level of unbelievable. Um, <laughs> um, so working on Broadway, stage managers there are in the commercial world under the Actors' Equity Association Union. So I'm wondering at what point in your career when you got your equity card and what was your leading factor in, in joining the union? Sure. So I pretty much was able to start my equity journey from a very young age. Uh, as I interned and as I started PAing back in high school professionally, that's when I started doing the equity membership candidacy, which I don't think it quite exists anymore. Um, but from that point on, I kind of just continued grabbing my points, continued grabbing my points until I finally had enough points. And I actually think I did a show where I needed to get my equity card. Um, and I think I was a senior in high school that summer, right before I went off to college. Um, and that's when I grabbed my equity card. Um, it was a big mistake to do that. Um, cause when you go through college, you know, you have to sign off saying that you're not going to do anything equity related. Um, so from that point on, you have to make sure you have a keep amount of hours to track and to make sure that you qualify to withhold your equity card. So four years of college and doing that was not the best, put me in the best standing, if you will, with equity. But uh, I managed to do that as I, uh, summer breaks happened, as spring breaks happened, as torn roadshows came in through St. Louis, I was able to at least work on those. So I at least could put my equity card to use that way. So. So you got your card at a young age. I'm wondering when, when you leave college and you have the opportunity to join the union and you're, you're, you're grappling with that decision, what are some fundamental questions one should ask themselves when making that decision? Sure, I think the biggest thing that one has to ask themselves is, do I know that there's going to be more work after this one contract if I get my equity card? Being in New York City, there are so many stage managers here and there are so many equity opportunities, but there's also people who have been here who've been here for five years or 10 years who are better qualified in those positions than what you might be, or they're just a better well-known in the industry. So it's kind of one of those big tricky questions of, yes, the industry in getting equity is better because you get the better jobs, better pay, et cetera, et cetera, better experiences, but also, not getting your equity card allows you to build connections by doing smaller shows, summer stock shows, allows you to pretty much learn more skills to better prepare you to get to those better jobs. And pretty much the rule of thumb is for any young stage managers that I talk to is that build your connections down below first, because by the time you get to the higher up to Broadway level or commercial level, those same people are going to be working with you and that's how you're going to make your connections and that's how you're going to get hired on multiple shows. <laughs> Thank you for speaking to that. Um, I'm personally graduating soon, so that is really helpful to hear. Um, so switching gears, you have spent a considerable amount of your time stage managing doing new work. Um, so I'm curious as, as to if you can speak to that and what are some significant differences between stage managing a new work versus a pre-existing script? 
Sure, I think the overall biggest differences between a new work and a script that's already exists is just the development process of the script. Pretty much, I would say any development process is between about two years to five years. And in that time, you'll have about probably 50 different drafts of the script. And just watching that process and hearing how the actors are going to portray those characters, how a costume designer might portray how this is being said, or anything pretty much, is just seeing how a new work script really translates that. And something that doesn't quite happen when you do have an existing script is everything's pretty much laid out already. There isn't major script changes you're going to do to it. Um, depending on what kind of piece it is, you might tweak a word or two to make it more for that genre of what you're portraying it in. Um, but there isn't a whole lot of changes that go into that process with a pre-existing script. But with a new work script, it can be dramatic. I remember doing a show where we had 50 new pages the next day and it all happened at like 12 o'clock at night. So those are kind of like the big things that happen in new works is that there's new rewrites that happen constant, constantly, excuse me. <laughs> so when you're in the room with these ever-changing scripts, what is typically the stage manager's relationship to the playwright? Does it change? So I would probably say the stage management team is focused on what's going to make the rehearsal room prepared for those new pages coming in. So in a development, there's a lot of times where actors are learning blocking and choreography, so they have limited time and limited resources to get new pages. So it's always trying to figure out what trial and error is, how is it going to work best to get everyone to memorize those new lines. So I would say the relationship to the writer is very, very strong in figuring out when you can coordinate those changes and when it's good to implement those, or when to probably, if it's like a lab, if you're doing a multiple series lab, when it, is it, do we put it in this lab or do we put it in the next one? Do we take notes on it? So it's really depending on what the process is. If it's a big musical, um, typically we try to get those to happen overnight, but sometimes we'll decide like, oh, next week is probably better because we know that we're going to have 10 new pages for the rest of the week. So we'll just implement those into those script packets and just pass them out next week. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting that you say that. So th there's a rapid change happening throughout the rehearsal process and, and this development process is very long. I'm wondering, when working with actors during this process, are they usually, for this amount of time, how does that affect morale? It's depending. So if it's a big musical, there's a lot of people that you can hang out with. And there's a lot of things that the productions normally do for us as well. If it's a big commercial show, um, most times shows with the general management companies, they offer us tickets to go see shows. So there's a lot of bonding that goes on as a team. There's a lot of perks that happen as well, but lunchtime is also kind of a place where people kind of take it on their own, get away. They might have an addition, so they're running lines with someone else, or they're doing that. So the morale is very high, which is great. Um, but also sometimes if you're doing an eight-week lab, it gets really stressful and you get tired really quick. There are times where probably on a Sunday night, it's like nine o'clock at night and you're just ready to be drop dead right there and just get on with your day off for Monday. But we all push through, especially that last week when you're in presentations. 
of the piece, everyone is just exhausted and tired, but we all keep pushing through because we all want to do what's best and we all want to see the show become the best possible that it can be. <laughs> so in the midst of all of these changes, I'm curious as a stage manager, is tech or previews the more difficult process when you're making a new work? Sure, I would probably say the tech process and the preview process are about the same. And I say that because when you're in a commercial world, you have three weeks of tech pretty much or more, uh, depending on the scale. And, and of course the tech process when we all know where we're adding technical elements to it, never seen stuff that we got in the rehearsal room. Uh, but the preview process is also a tech process. We might be adding more script changes. Uh, we might be changing blocking. So it's pretty much relatively the same. Um, you still pretty much have five hours of rehearsal every day during a preview process. And then at night you do a two hour show and there might be notes afterwards. So it's a continuation pretty much of the rehearsal process. Um, it isn't kind of like, oh, we're in previews. It just shows at night. It's a continued working process of the rehearsal process. So I would say that is probably equally the same, frustrating, tiring, exhausting, so, <laughs> but. And previews, you're, it's like a rehearsal process, but you're adding a new performer in the mix, which is the audience. Um, so how, how, is, how is previews different from running a show at past opening for newer? Sure. So the preview process, again, is kind of also a continuation of the tech process. It's really when we get to keep constantly running the show and seeing how if presets can actually work that way. If something happens, how can we logistically fix it? It's really, previews are really just us trying to attempt to make sure that we can have a consistently running show without any issues backstage or on stage. But again, it's also time for us to preview new works or new script changes that happened during the day. So let's say the playwright wants to implement a joke here. We try it out that night. If it doesn't work, we take it out. If it does work, we fully put it into the show. So it's really a time for full development. It's really a time for the costume designer to add another piece, or maybe they didn't like how the wig looked on one of the actresses. They put a different wig on. So it's really just a continuation and it's really more of a live aspect and a real more kind of like in hand aspect um, that is kind of let's say basically it's a rehearsal that has everything that the show really needs happening all at once but it's also subject to change at any moment so that's really what the preview process is that's a really bad example but it's pretty much everything that the show wants and needs to happen except it's there and there's an audience there so on the stage management team, who is typically responsible for carrying out these script changes? So the stage management team normally consists of the PSM, a first assistant, and then a second assistant. And then normally you'll have about three to five PAs on the show. Um, it's a big Broadway musical. You're gonna have a bunch of PAs to help generate paperwork, help generate pretty much anything, do presets, help actors learn lines. Um, but specifically, the script PA is a job that is a very, very daunting task to take on if you're new to the industry. Um, but pretty much the script PA is the one who is hired who deals with anything that is script related. Their job is to sit next to the stage manager or the playwright and pretty much take any notes that is script related. So if there is a line change, they write in their script. 
They uh, come up with new script logs that happen. They're in charge of printing new script logs or new script pages out for everyone who's involved in the show. Um, so let's say there's 500 people who's involved in the production. They have to make sure that all 500 people get their script changes. Um, so pretty much anything that is script related, the script PA is the master of that. They keep all the master icons of the script, they update the master script, and pretty much they will do anything to make sure that script is updated. Um, I will say that it is hard when script PAs move from show to show because uh, they're not familiar with the process of how to update the script or what the show is fully intended. Um, but again, they are the master of the script. They're the ones who are working hand in hand with the stage management team to make sure everyone gets it. And they're also working hand in hand with the playwright to make sure that their needs and wants are being fulfilled. Yeah, one, a stage manager who uh, is brilliant and she's in my class, um, she said something in class a couple of weeks ago that was like, if a stage manager weren't taking notes, nobody would know that this rehearsal happened, which is like, it's true, it's true and it's foundational, but it's like, it's mind boggling like, when you think about it, we're like the documentarians of the, of the process. So that's a lot of responsibility to put on someone. Um, so I'm wondering, um, so in the, in the industry or within the stage management team, is it common to send script changes every night or is it something that you do weekly when you're distributing to 500 people, let's say? Sure, so I would probably say if it's a major script change or anything that is changing the storyline in any bit, normally has script updates for the next day or during the day. Um, there are oftentimes that work sessions in the morning, there's a major script change that everyone needs to have in the afternoon or there's a choreography change that needs to implement in the script. So pretty much anytime there's anything major, um, we wanna make sure that everyone can get it as soon as possible because the designers need to know. Um, during the development process, designers are constantly looking at the script to see what, how that's gonna affect the designs. They're probably busy building mock-ups of things, so they just need to know what the aspect is. So per se, that an actor is walking down a dark, secluded street and there needs to be a street light. We have to make sure that is going to be in the script notes. So they just have to make sure that those notes are getting out there. So I would say the stage management team is very responsible for making sure the littlest notes are being documented. But also it comes to the time when it comes to tech that a script needs to be fully prepared so the stage manager can create a calling script because pretty much the stage manager needs to know every single line that's going to happen because we don't know if there's going to be a cue taken off of it or if the transition is going to be taken off of it or pretty much anything. So it's very important for us to make sure that every single person has the updated line. Um, if it's kind of like a they or an is, um, those are kind of just kind of write-ins, but eventually they'll get put into the master script for whatever the further development of that script might be. So if it's the next step is going to tech, then everyone will get a new script from tech. So in the industry, is, are these changes carried out universally with Final Draft or Word? What software should us young stage managers start learning? I would probably say Final Draft is the industry standard. Um, it is basically the bolts and nails of this industry is Final Draft. Learn it to the best knowledge as you can. Um, it's very rare that stage managers know how to use Final Draft now because it is such a new program. 
So if you learn final draft, that is a great thing to put on your resume and that is a great skill to have. Um, most stage managers do not know how to use final draft um, since it is not a relatively new thing um, for them. It is kind of something that, oh, a playwright's assistant will come in and do it for us. And mostly we'll put in the notes and this, uh, the playwright will kind of put it in for us. But when you get to the commercial world, stage managers are the ones who are responsible for implementing those. So I would say that learning Final Draft is very key. It will put you ahead of all the other people pretty much, um, since most stage managers who are actual stage managers, not PAs on shows, are more busy figuring out the technical aspects or what's actually needing to happen on the playing space. So final job, learn it. Learn it as best as you can. Learn the tricks, learn the codes. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how to use final draft very well. Um, so if anybody asks me to do final draft, I'm like, nope, not gonna do it. But <laughs> if you need help printing, I can do that, but. <laughs> that is a great, this is a great time to collect these skills as we move through this period, so. Uh, that is something definitely I need to refresh myself on. Um, the best so, part too is Final Draft also does have a free student version that you can learn off of. So if anyone's bored during this downtime, think about downloading and learning it. So <laughs> yes, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't take too much space on the computer. Is it like a big? It's depending. If you have multiple scripts that you're working with it does get a little bit of a space hog but it is just an application that you would download as like final movie maker or powerpoint or something like that so it isn't like a huge application but the more work you do the more space it does take up mm. so as you're as you're speaking in the back of my mind my mind is like paper 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 is being used trees are falling I'm wondering if you if you endeavor a process or if you value like the transition to digital stage management. Do you see that happening? Um, I sure hope it does. It doesn't quite happen yet, um, but I do know that stage managers do like to keep electronic version nowadays, um, which sort of helps with the paper consumption a little bit. Um, normally, on a stage management team, we'll keep like. 10 different scripts of the versions that go through. Um, typically, each stage manager will have their own script that get new page written. Um, but as I said, some stage managers like digital, so that kind of saves about 10,000 pages a day. Um, but there isn't quite a big movement yet to go completely digital. A lot of people like the hard paper. It's easier to write write-ins with. It's easier to get notes on it's easier for actors to hold during rehearsals you can't really carry an iphone with you during rehearsals um, and look at your lines um, i think the biggest fear is that us moving to a completely technology base is what happens if something goes wrong if the ipad has a major frustration and decides to shut down in the middle of a process what are you going to do um, I think it's all those kind of small variables that people don't quite want to focus on yet. But I do suspect probably in the next five years, we will start learning and seeing what we can do to make everything digital. Um, I know there is some developments that there is going to be kind of like electronic script that can be downloaded towards iPhones and iPads to be used to help um, with tracking things. So instead of having script changes, it will automatically get sent to you and put in and it takes the actor's blocking and already implements it and makes it look all pretty and nice. 
um, but I don't suspect that will be happening anytime soon. I know it's in the development, so. <laughs> yeah, when I was, uh, my, my previous process that uh, pre-COVID that I was pursuing, um, I challenged myself with my PSM to try to go completely digital. So we, we asked the school for iPads and um, it, it, it forced me to catch up with my generation on their technology. I felt like, I felt so behind. So I, I, I hope that uh, with these stage managers graduating into the industry that uh, we can slowly push it into, into fruition. Um, I wanna switch gears and I wanna talk about the development process as a whole. And so in the development stages, uh, it is presumable the producer is more present within the process. Um, and I'm wondering what your relationship is to the producer, if that's different at all. Sure. So stage managers are really there to help control what the room is, making sure the stuff in the room is happening when it needs to happen and what potential might need to happen later on. So I would say our relationship with producers are very strong. Um, they're definitely people that we want to play nice to. Um, but it's pretty much we like to keep them involved because they are after at the end of the day, they're the ones who are paying for everything, or they're the ones who are going to the major people who are donating to the production, or uh, I should say investing in a production. So they're kind of there to make sure that their people are being updated towards what is happening in the rehearsal room. So really we're representing the producing team that's making sure that the investors are being happy. Um, but they're also the ones who are making sure that the show is gonna move forward. So pretty much when a show gets picked up, it's either gonna be part of one of the organizations. So it's probably gonna be part of the Nederlander organization. Um, so therefore they're gonna be the ones who decide which theater it's gonna go into, which if it's gonna be applied to the uh, Broadway League to make sure that it can get approval before it even becomes a Broadway show. So there's a whole list of things that the producer does as well that the stage management team needs to be aware of to make sure that the show can keep moving forward. So does that make sense? <laughs> it does make sense. Okay. No, that is very interesting. I'm wondering, um, can you speak more to the battle for Broadway theaters that uh, occurs? Like, uh, have in the development process, how early would you find out whether you get into a theater or not? That's a good question. So <laughs> it's really depending on what the season looks like. Um, so during the summer, pretty much shows those. That's the spring. That is pretty much the time where everyone wants to go see a show. That's when school groups come. That's when summer camps happen. There's a lot more people in the city. So it's trying to figure out what shows are going to be a boom and be a success and how long that success is going to run through the season. So fall is when everything starts going downhill a little bit because everyone's going back to school. Um, it's starting to get cold out. People don't really want to go and see the arts anymore. So it's really depending on how successful the show is. Now, it's important that the show gets approved by the Broadway League first before they can even think about going into a theater. And from that point on, producers will start picking at it saying, oh, I'm from the Nederlander organization. I want to have this show performed at the Winter Garden or the Majestic. And that's really where it starts picking at battles. So as we all probably are familiar with the Beetlejuice story, when Music Man was coming back up and ready to go into there, it's pretty much 
them saying, oh, they weren't successful. We need to figure out another show that can go in there that's going to be more successful. What's sort of revival? Because we know that's going to make a lot of money for us. Every Broadway theater pretty much wants to have a successful show so it doesn't have to constantly keep spending money to put in a new show. Any kind of, even when it's a dark day, the theater's losing money. So a show just, a Broadway theater just wants to have continuous revenue for them, so. So a lot of uh, productions before going, buying for a Broadway theater will often have out of town tryouts to test what would it would be like in another city. So can you, can you speak to, uh, have you ever been on a process, a development process where you've moved with the production to another city? Yeah, so pretty much the going out of town trials for a show is pretty much kind of the last stage before it goes on to the Broadway road, if you will. It pretty much means that there is a theater that is willing to accept him. Um, an organization has approved it. The Broadway League has approved it, so it's ready. Equity has said, like, we are ready to make this an equity full-time production league contract for them to go on. Um, so, yeah, the, pretty much the process is that you'll finish probably your third lab, and then from there, you'll have some time off, and the designers will probably meet and discuss and figure out, okay, this is really what we want to do. Let's start build. This is what the set's going to look like. Let's start build. Figure out what the... How much is it going to cost to build everything and send it to a select theater to do its out-of-town trials? Um, how much is it going to be to have a full cast fly to X, Y, and Z place to do it? It's really kind of the development process of figuring out the nuts, the bolts and gears of how the show is actually going to be successful. It's kind of like a trial run, if you will. And then the, that is kind of also where you really start figuring out is this show technically going to be successful? What kind of cuts do we need to do? Because um, hopes and dreams happen a lot in rehearsals. And then it comes to the point where, oh, we actually do need to figure out if this is actually going to be able to happen on stage constantly. So it's pretty much the out-of-town trial is really where that all happens. And it kind of all starts with that kind of last development process. And that kind of really brings us into the development process. And from there, uh, they might have another lab afterwards, depending on what the feedback is. They might go back into a script writing phase where they want to update things. Maybe they completely hate how one scene looks, so they're going to completely rewrite it. Um, so really, it's just a real big test of the show to see if it's going to be successful and people like it or not. Um, but I've been part of three different shows that are kind of in that phase right now, getting ready to move on from the development process and the out-of-town trial to the Broadway process. Within this process, uh, does the full stage management team travel from lab to out of town to Broadway? It's a tricky question. Um, so it's pretty much the PSM is the one who kind of builds the stage management team, and they're the ones who kind of stay with the show as it progresses. Or they might pass it off to another person because they might be subbing in for a different show, or they might have gotten a different offer. So it's really depending on the show and what the relationship is, what your personal relationship is with the show. Um, but the PSM is normally the one who will terminate if, if you're moving on with the show or not. If you're probably doing the last lab of the show, you're probably moving on to the out-of-town trials. And then from the out-of-town trials, you're probably moving on with the show. But it's not set in stone just because you did the out-of-town that you're going to immediately get 
a Broadway show or you're going to make it with a Broadway production. So it's it's neither it's it's kind of a yes, it's kind of a no, it's kind of eh. <laughs> but in most cases, most stage managers move on with the show. The stage management team does move on with the show because it's good to have familiar people with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The my what when you speak of this, so the 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 lab, the lab is it of a lower scale of production. Are you building a whole set for a lab and then moving that set, or are you? Uh, when does the, when does the uh, full technical process start? So it's really depending on the scale of the show. If it's a big pop rock musical, you're going to want to get as many set pieces or rehearsal set pieces into the room as possible to help blocking, so they know when it gets to a theater what kind of space is needed, what kind of technical elements need to happen, make sure that it can be stored off correctly. Um, so it's really depending on what the show is calling for. And pretty much, I would probably say from the second lab of the process onward is really when you start seeing a lot of show related things start happening. So that might be where props are starting to get introduced. Instead of like stand-in props, uh, you might start seeing some of the real stuff that might happen. Because um, every goal in these labs is to get a show that's going to be a commercial run. So pretty much at that point, producers are like, oh, we know the show is going to be successful. Let's throw money at it now instead of later so they can really start discovering what these things are. How is it going to happen eight times a week? Is it going to get damaged? Do we need to think of other options? Um, I just did a show where we had a bunch of flower petals that need to shoot confetti out. So we had a lot of demos of in the rehearsal process how these are going to work. And we found out that, you know, this is not going to work. There's dancing, there's throwing, there's quick changes happening on stage. You know, it just, this one rig that we had was not going to work. It took us about 10 different times to figure out what it was. And that 10th one is what works best for us. So it's really a time to, the sooner you can start implementing elements of the show that are going to be real, the better. Because that gives us a better full understanding of what the show is going to be. It really is a process of experimentation. Um, I, this question's in the back of my mind. So when you're in a development process, when you sign on, especially if it's slated to be two to five years as previously discussed, you really are taking a gamble. Um, can you can you speak so when you are offered a a position on a project what do you look for in determining whether you sign on or not so i think the biggest thing that i personally look for is that do i have potential of moving on with the show and one of the biggest things that i always ask is when I get offered to do a show is can i read the script first and see if that has potential as a stage manager most stage managers actually don't read scripts to figure out if they're going to be okay with the show or not. They really just start seeing if it has technical responses and, you know, how am I personally going to handle all that? But I think the biggest thing too is, at least for me, is reading the script and making sure I understand what the show is asking for. What potential is the show going to be like from five years from now? Um, I think that's kind of the biggest thing when looking at a show is figuring out do, do I see myself continuing on with the show? Is it a good commercial success of a show? Is it going to be something that I can live with? So obviously, if you have 
a connection towards something or something that really annoys you, let's say that there is a huge murder mystery show and you don't like murder mysteries, I would not suggest taking on a show that is based off of murder mysteries just because of the content or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question fully, but it's kind of in that realm of whatever you see as a show and if it's something that you want to work on. And that is also the part of saying, when you get to this level, whatever show comes my way is the show that I want to do. But it's also thinking about down the line is that's the show you actually want to work on. In, in the commercial industry, in this, in this small group of stage managers, in, do you think the general attitude is like stage managers looking for stability, that process that is going to continue for X amount of years? I think it's different. All stage managers come from a different walk of life and they're all there to gain a different experience from a process. So I don't think any stage managers are there knowing that they might be there through their complete life of a show. I think that at this point when we're all at the level of Broadway, we all know that at any given moment we might be asked to join a different show and it might be a better opportunity. So I don't think anyone is there knowing that, oh, I started with this show from the first table read and I know that I'm gonna become the PSM one day of that show. I don't think that's any notion that any stage manager at this level goes in. I think it's more of every opportunity we get, we take it with a grain of salt knowing that it could be our last opportunity with that show or it might be a continuation of the show. It's really, you really have to keep an open mind when you do these developments. Because as I said, the stage manager could leave and then you bump up or a stage manager might have a different offer. So a new PSM is taken and they want to work with their group of network stage managers. So it's really, really, everything has to be taken with a grain of salt when you work with these projects because you just never know where the show is going to go or where you're going to go with it. So you spoke to... Um an assistant position on the show, the ability to bump up to a higher position. I'm wondering, uh, in getting a PSM position on a new show, a Broadway development, uh, who is hiring you? Who should you be connecting with? So the general management team or the general office that you work for are your best friends because they are the ones who hire the stage managers. So depending on what your relationship with them, they'll be like, oh, we had this great stage manager who did X, Y, and Z, who we think would be a perfect fit for this production. We highly recommend them. They have great work ethic. You know, they're willing to go the extra mile. I think they would be a great fit for that show. And then this PSM would interview them. And depending on if they like them or not, they'll get implemented into the show. But that being said, the general management team is kind of the ones who hire the stage management teams. They are the ones who the stage management team reports to. They're the ones who do most of the paperwork too. They do, they're the ones who give us the money so we can do the magic. But at that time also, we are the ones who are also making sure that they're getting responsible and making sure they're getting necessary information so they can move on. So it's kind of a work life plus kind of best friend scenario. Um, you want to be best friends with them because you know that they're going to be the ones who are going to be hiring you again, hopefully. Um, or you know that they're hiring a PSM and you worked with that PSM before, so you want to email them saying, hey, I worked with this PSM before, I would love to be considered for this project. Is there an opportunity that my name can be thrown into the mix 
uh, stage managers. Um, pretty much every GM company has like a Rolodex of stage managers that they have worked with and they kind of, um, they know who everyone is. So if you have a bad reputation, they're gonna be like, nope, I don't think they would be a good fit for here. Um, so it's really kind of how you present yourself to them as well. Um, I mean, yes, the PSM at the end of the day is the one who's making the decision if you're working on the show or not, but the GMs are kind of there pushing your resume towards that opportunity. Thank you. I want to, before we say goodbye, I want to do a quick lightning round of questions sure. um, that my, my mentor uh, brings people into class and does this. It's really fun. Um, so what is a special skill a young stage manager should take time to learn right now? I think, oh God, there's so many skills. <laughs> I think the biggest skill is just knowing who you are and not trying to be someone that everybody wants you to be. Because nobody, nobody wants to hire someone who thinks they know more or they think they, they can do better than what the other people have already put in. Because these people who work in the commercial sense have put years and years into learning what the job is and they are professionals as we call it. And if you are a young stage manager trying to break into this world, and you're trying to bump a stage manager down and bump yourself up, that's not gonna make yourself look good at all. So the biggest thing is learn what you are and how, what makes you unique in that process. What do you have to offer that no one else has it? Really define yourself as a stage manager saying, this is me, this is what I have to offer. I'm here willing and ready to learn pretty much, so. <laughs> I love it. On my resume, first skill, introspection. Um, <laughs> um, second question, mechanical or number two pencils? Ooh, that's a good one. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of a toss up in there. If I am on deck, if I'm an assistant, uh, mechanical, because if pencils break, there's God knows what's going to happen. You're not going to be able to take your notes. But if I'm at a desk and there's the pencil cup, pencils all the way. So mechanical when you're up and busy, pencils of when you're sitting and doing nothing. <laughs> so if you so if you have the pencil cup and there's number two pencils and mechanical pencils in that cup, you're going with number two? Yes. Full on. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. All right. Now the reason so, why I say that is most times directors and choreographers or who anyone else are sitting next to you get very annoyed by noise. So every time you hear the mm. clicking, it drives them bonkers. Now I'm not saying that I haven't annoyed a couple people before on purpose, but uh, relatively the number two pencil is a pretty good safe bet. <laughs> okay, that is better. I like that. Um, what, what's the next one? Favorite day off activity. Ooh, what's a day off? I know, uh, right? <laughs> it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. So when you're on a show that's running, you typically have Mondays off. So that's really the time to really do all your needy-deedy things. You have a doctor's appointment you need to go to. You go grocery shopping, do laundry. So those are kind of the things that I do. But I also make sure on those kind of days off that I actually take a second and actually do something that I want to do. Because most times as stage managers, we're asked to do so much and we don't really hardly ever do anything for us. Yeah, we might go to Starbucks every now and then, but it's really a time for 
you to have the day to figure out what you want to do. So, you know, my favorite thing at least is always walking around and just getting some fresh air. Um, probably not the best thing to do right now, but uh, <laughs> wear a mask, wear gloves. Uh, but still just going outside and just getting away from screens as stage managers, or at least in commercial work, are always behind a screen. Um, a computer screen, we're always behind, you know, a calling desk screen. So it's really kind of a good way for me, at least, just to put down devices and, you know, actually absorb what's around me and, you know, take a break from electronic devices. So going outside, um, doing laundry, doing something that I really like to do um, are kind of the big things I like to do on days off. So, <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, place in the city where you like to go on your day off? Yes, so I am probably 10 blocks away from Central Park, so um, it is wonderful just to get up at like, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. I know that's not for everyone on their day off, but I love just to go out and just experience the city when it's dead quiet. You see so much more, you absorb so much more, and you know, just walking to Central Park is a complete changing of life there. Um, but also just going through the park and just seeing everything that happens, taking in the nature, hearing the birds sing, seeing, you know, the early rise or seeing kids go off to school. It's just one of those things that's kind of like one of those movie fairy tale things where you're just like, ah, this is great. You know, just taking the, you know, for me, it's just taking in everything and seeing how everything around me is happening is what I like. So, you know, walking through the park is what I like. So. <laughs> I, I was about to say that uh, that sounds like a sound of music song that you just <laughs> recited the lyrics of. <laughs> um, last question. Best advice you've ever received? Best advice. Oh, God. I think I already said this, but just be true to yourself. And don't let things get under your skin. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. It might matter in the moment, but at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. And probably the other biggest advice I received was just learn as much as you can. This industry is changing so fast and every, every day there's something new. And the more you know, the better you're going to be, the better you're going to get hired. Um, but that's not the point. The point is just as learn and be open, ask questions and just be true to yourself is kind of the best advice I've ever received. And also if the commercial world is something that you want to do, don't let the name Broadway scare you, but also don't let that intimidate you from making mistakes now when you're young, because you want to make those mistakes now, not when you're at that level, because those are kind of, when you get to that level, those are the things and those are the mistakes that are not forgivable. So make your mistakes now when you're young. So when you get to that level, commercial level, you're going to be great. And the smaller mistakes can be forgiven. So. <laughs> I have plenty of mistakes to make. That is great to hear. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much. That was a great note to end on. Um, I appreciate your time with me today. Of course. <laughs> and I wish luck to everyone. And hopefully we'll get the performing arts world back up and running, hopefully by this summer. Because, you know, we're all learning and, you know, wanting to get back to work, so. <laughs> yes, yes, oh my goodness. So stay hopeful, wear your mask, social distance, stay inside, wash your hands, everyone. And I will see you next week with another interview on Young Stage Manager.